Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our Herd Main Show. I am your Herd Leader, John Wayne. I'm my mouthful candy cane. My, my name is Megan. <laughs> Hi, Megan. Glad you could join us. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, welcome to our main show of the week. This is where we get a big old topic to discuss, and uh, I think we got one for today. If you can't tell by the title, we're talking about Mandalorians. Uh, this has been going to be a bit of a focus for us for a little while just because of what's going on with the Clone Wars and all that stuff. Um, you know, we started the Mandalorian episodes, or the arc, uh, last Friday on our Clone Wars rewatch. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check that out after this or before this. doesn't really matter. Um, so I think it would be a good time to talk about uh, Mandalorians. And then this week on the Clone Wars rewatch, we're talking about Boba Fett and... Because of his Legends history, that's going to touch on being Mandalorian and all this other stuff. So next week's main show, we're going to talk about Boba Fett and Jango Fett, but Mandalorians once again will come up. And then guess what's on next week's uh, Clone Wars Rewatch? Mm -hmm. More Mandalorians. <laughs> so it's just uh, the Mandalorian season uh, right now, guys. So hopefully you like the Mandalorians. If not, hopefully today's episode... We'll teach you a little bit more about the Mandalorians. Maybe uh, you just know what little bit you've seen from the Clone Wars or from Rebels. Uh, but today it's kind of a mix of education and fun and discussion as we talk about both legends and canon and just kind of take a look at who the Mandalorians are and kind of talk about how cool they are and all that good stuff. So hopefully it adds to uh, your perspective of the Mandalorians. Uh, but, of course, before that, we have the news, and after that, we have the Q&A. So, good show ahead of us, I think. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes. So, uh, Megan, I bring the Mandos, you bring the news. I do bring the news. All right. What's in the news today? Well, not today, just in since the, the last time we talked about news. Future! <laughs> uh, well, John, something for you, and for all of our Battlefront players out there, mm -hmm. guess what? We're a week away from Dooku. We are a week away. Um, it's hard to believe, but yep, next week, uh, next Wednesday in the update, uh, Dooku drops, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll... Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to get enough credits so that I can get him and Anakin and the clones that are coming out, but I spent a lot of credits and then didn't play for a while, which means I'm kind of trying to play catch-up, but... Thankfully, playing with uh, Ryan on Twitter, well, not playing with Ryan on Twitter, but Ryan from Twitter, Ryan Bullock, uh, he and I have uh, had quite a good, uh, good couple weekends of yeah. Battlefront playage. Uh, Hi, Ryan. We'll be back on there this weekend, because uh, this weekend is Triple Experience on Starfighters. So, uh, if you want, uh, I always tweet out before I go on PlayStation, uh, so... Um, let me know if you uh, want in on that. If you if you got a PlayStation and play Battlefront as well, uh, I'll tweet it out before I go on. And uh, if you want, send me a friend request. We'll get on there. Yeah. Unfor I mean, the way Battlefront works, only four people can be on a squad, but we can still all play together. It's not much of a squad. That's well, I mean, you can technically. Well, when I say squad, so you play with a total of eight players huh. on a team in most cases, sixteen in some. But a squad is a four-person set of that group. So it means you guys spawn together. You can, uh, with the um, squad spawn, you spawn on each other. You kind of, you earn more points if you work together <clears throat> and gain kills together and such. So 
It's not to say that it's just four people playing, it's just that you work closely with four people, but up to eight people can join, well, up to seven, including me, could join on the same team. Yeah. Let's make it happen, guys. Or, or gals. If you're more of or a lizards. Xbox person. I've been playing No Man's Sky like nobody's business. Nobody cares about No Man's Sky. I care about No Man's Sky. We, we care about the Skywalkers and the Star Wars. Clever. But, uh, yeah. Um, also, just as an anecdote, because otherwise I could take up a to an hour on a soapbox. Uh, uh, be uh, nice to Ben Walk and all the EA Dice people. Yeah, be nice to him, please. He's <laughs> done nothing to you personally. They're they're doing a lot of stuff to make this game awesome. And yeah. if you don't think it's awesome, that's cool. Play, Play No Man's Sky. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just be cool. And if you get a chance, say thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. Thank the bus driver when you get off. Come on, guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, but that I mean we ex- we extended that, but yeah. Yeah, the gist is you're getting Dooku next week. Woo. Yay! Fun times. Woo-woo. Also a clone appearance. You're getting the Coruscant Guard. Oh. Is it Coruscant Guard? I believe it's Coruscant Guard. I don't know. You tell me. I, I, I'm i kind of more focused on the character characters because I'm behind on getting clone skins just because, again, I can't afford it right yeah. now. And I, I can't afford it in game currency. You don't actually pay real money for it. Just, just for the people that still think that you have to pay to win on this thing. No. Anyway. <laughs> you done? I'm passionate. Dang I, it. I know you are. That's why I married you. <laughs> yes. Okay. You, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. And another thing. No, I'm just kidding. No, John. Continue. I'm done. No, really. I'm continue. done. Okay. Dang it. All right. Can I talk about Kieran Gillen, please? No. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran Gillen. Not to be mistaken with Karen Gillen. What? <laughs> That a joke? You gave me a look. I don't know. No, I don't know. Okay. I'm, not, I'm listening. <laughs> this is my look of listening. It's also your look of what the heck are you talking about, so I don't know. I, anyway. Yeah, that means I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran Gillen announced on January 9th that in May he will be leaving the Star War, the Marvel Star Wars after issue uh, 67 of the main run. Uh Gillen is the amazing writer behind the first Darth Vader comic series, which is absolutely excellent, as well as the first 14 issues of the Dr. Afar series. Uh, he's been on the Star Wars main run since issue 38, and nearly thir- and after nearly 30 issues, it's hard for some to see him go, but he says that he's reached the point where he said all that he thinks he can about the characters at this point. Um... Maybe soon we'll hear more about what Gillen and Charles Thoel will be up to now that their series are done. Yeah. Also, that's a lovely way to spell Thoel. That's me his just, name. I know. But like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I like it. I want to spell that. Like that just put time. an E on it. Now Thoel. Uh, it's amazing. Um, name isn't Soul, it's Thoel. Yeah, uh, I love uh, Gillen's work, especially with Darth Vader, and he's been oh, yeah. great the past uh, few issues on the Star Wars main run so yeah. but it's not the first time it's revolved main um storytellers but you know uh <clears throat> it's uh pretty significant just because of uh how much play he's had with uh the Star Wars main run so yeah um and with Charles Soule being done with Poe Dameron and the Darth Vader series you know um it's a lot of transition I think yeah. um for Star Wars comic writers so uh yeah, I mean, you, you get so used to getting 
uh, creator's work that it's kind of hard to imagine, you know, uh, them moving on a little bit. But uh, I think it's wise to know when your story, your, your telling of the story is done. And rather than going on to just wing it and make up poor storytelling. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Troll Soul did the same thing with Poe Dameron. And, and Poe Dameron actually went further than 25 issues, uh, which is what he was originally signed on for. So uh, going to 31 issues was uh, significant enough. But uh, both, both writers just reached that point where they said what they have to say. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good time to exit, I think. Yeah, I mean, we've had conversations over and over again about closure and how beneficial that can be sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't really have much of a a motivation to read many Star Wars comics until you showed me the Darth Vader series. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is, this is beautiful. This is beautiful right here. Yeah, and we've said before, you know, you just gotta find your thing. Sometimes, you know, and that's why... Uh, we'd give big encouragement to, you know, you might not have liked this Star Wars book, but try this one. Or you might not have liked that comic, but try this one. Yeah. You might not have liked that game, but try this one. Because, you know, not all games, comics, and books are the same. You know, with so many stories to tell in Star Wars specifically, um, finding the story you love might just change your opinion about uh, yeah. a storytelling medium. I mean, I, I have a new favorite droid out of this series, so I think, yeah, it... Just wait till you start reading, like, the the Dr. Aphra stuff, because... I can't wait. Then he's more of a main character, so... And if you don't know, we're talking about Triple Zero. I love Triple Zero. The Darth Vader comics, so... But yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of a transition, but I think it's, I think it's a good time, I think it's a good one, I think it's a good transition. Yeah, and excited to see what he does in the future. Absolutely. Star Wars or otherwise. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because that's the thing I think we uh, fans can sometimes forget is they they don't just work on one thing like you know they work on yeah. multiple uh, stories at once and so people's uh, got jobs y'all their work can not include Star Wars for a season who knows I mean yeah uh, just but yeah I mean I think whatever he works on will be great yeah um, in other comic news Age of the Republic special issue is out today. And it features three stories focused on Mace Windu, Asajj Ventress, and the one about Captain Rex and Jar Jar. You know, the one. That <laughs> one. No. I'm just kidding. Shoosh. Shoosh um, your face. Yeah. Uh, there will also be a reprinting of Age of the Republic Qui-Gon, just in case you missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Excitement. If you did miss it, I highly recommend it. That's been the best so far of the Age of Republic uh issues um i don't know if the reprinting is going to be a regular thing or if for some reason it was just a lighter print i don't know but uh if you haven't read that one i do recommend it yeah Uh, i am getting excited for the special one though because i i thought it was going to be one convoluted story featuring all four characters but it's uh three individual stories um in in that collection now i have to assume that the issue is going to be a bit longer than normal uh, to accommodate for that, so I don't think they'll be shortening it, uh, like, five-page comic for each of them, you know, because, uh, I'd be a little disappointed, but yeah. I'm excited with, the uh, the Mace Windu and Asajj Ventress one, and I'm intrigued by the Rex and Jar Jar one. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's gonna be a, a good week for comics. Oh, yeah. I like seeing Rex in pretty much anything, so. Yeah. 
for clarification, obviously we record this before it actually comes out, which is why I can't give you actually any commentary, but just assume that it's great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going in with positivity, guys. That's 2019. Hashtag pos- positive 2019. You almost did it. We're not quite at McElroy levels yet, <laughs> but I'm I'm still saying nothing can beat 20 Equantine. This year we get a horse. 20K19, John. This year we get a dog. You keep trying. I'm going to keep it's trying not until you get me a dog or a baby. I mean... Hey, isn't there some book news? <laughs> <laughs> I got you with that one. Dodge! <laughs> So in book news, uh, this week, advanced copies were sent out uh, for Queen Shadow, the Padme Amidala story. Yeah. We're not on that list. Nope. We're not hurt and bitter, but... Uh, I'm a little bit bitter, but that's just... We're a baby podcast, me, so I don't... I, I get it. <laughs> um, I'm bitter about a lot of things, John. Uh, even some of my, like, Star Wars content-creating idols are, are not on that list, so I don't think yeah. it personally. No. Uh, I'm going to read it, nonetheless. Yeah. Like, I'm just happy to see... A book, a solo book about Padme. Absolutely. She deserves her own story, and I think this is going to be great. And I think anyone who thinks negatively about a book that they have not read yet uh, is just psyching themselves out. And yes, I'm thinking of some specific people out there in the social media realms. Goodness gracious, guys, come on. You haven't even read the book. I I mean, at least hope for something positive. I, I don't understand this concept of wanting something to fail. You say you care about Star Wars, and, so, and yet so many fans seem like they want it to fail when something new comes out. Star Wars Resistance, Queen's Shadow, all of these other things. It's Star Wars, guys. It, it, it's going to be good, and half of it has to do with how you come into it. Yes. So. It's positivity. You know? Unless you've read an advanced copy and actually have an educated opinion about the book, reserve judgment until you get the book and read it yourself. And if you don't read the book... You don't really have a grounds to criticize it, in my opinion. And let's be honest, the same thing can be said about movies. Like, exactly. We had this conversation when Aquaman came out. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, I, I don't know. I don't really want to... I think it's going to be terrible. But realizing I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. So. I mean, I, now, this is the thing. <laughs> have I liked DC movies up until this point? No. So do I have a reason to kind of believe I'm not going to like this one? Yes. But because I didn't and I went and saw it, it was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not, it's not amazing. Now, I mean, amazing job to James Wan for doing what he did. Yeah. And congratulations on uh, One Billion. Yeah. But my thing is, like, no, it's not going to go into the Masterpiece Hall of Fame. But it was a good movie. And I enjoyed yeah. it. And I thought I got my value out of it. And it's all about the attitude that you go into it with. Exactly. And so, I mean... I don't mean to sound heavy-handed if, if that's how I came across. I hope I'm not... I don't want to start anything. It's just I do get tired of seeing yeah. people wanting things to fail and yet claim to love this content. And so it's just, you know, if, you, if you're not going to get the book because you have your own feelings about the author or mm-hmm. the character, that's fine. But recognize that that means if you're not going to get it and read it, then you really don't have much grounds for criticism, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it I just, it gets frustrating. I, you know, I think, you know, I, obviously we were joking, but in, in all seriousness, you know, 
2018 has been a very difficult year for the Star Wars fandom. And I think what is needed most in the fandom, and just for people in general, it, it is positivity. Yeah. And if you can't bring positivity, that's fine. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you have to be positive about everything Star Wars. Some things you're going to like, some things you're not. But if you can't be positive, I just feel like you're not doing any good by sharing negativity. You know, I think you're draining positivity, potential positivity, by being negative. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you have a friend that, for instance, going back to Aquaman, you know, a friend that was going to go see that and was excited because, you know, they like Jason Momoa or whatever, and then hear you talking bad about it, they may decide, well, uh, now I don't want to go see it. It's probably going to be bad. Yeah. Now they have your opinion, and... Your opinion isn't even founded on the actual movie. You just assume. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I cannot tell you how many times in, you know, in my life I've gotten so excited about something, but someone who I tell about my excitement has mm -hmm. been like, oh, that's stupid. Right. That kind of makes you curl into yourself and be like, well, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Yeah. I, it's a guilty pleasure now. I want to tell you guys something. There's no such thing as guilty pleasures. There's... You like something. Like it. It doesn't unless matter what it is. Unless it's illegal or immoral. Yes, unless any... It's We're in 2019 <laughs> and we still have to have to give that anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I, I mean, I do agree. And, you know, I, don't, I didn't mean to start a whole thing. Yeah. But the, it, it was a big frustration for me with how much... Because, you know, I'm scrolling through and there's people that got the book and are excited to read it. And then there's people that didn't get the book and are talking about how terrible it's probably going to be and they're just probably you know i just I, yeah. because we have you know we don't have a huge audience we're not that popular but because we have people that listen i constantly want to make sure that we're putting at the forefront of things try and put out positivity if you can you get what you give star wars fans need that people in general need that uh whether it's star wars related or otherwise so just try and put more positivity out there and just try and catch yourself if you're being unfoundedly negative. You know, that kind of gives a cue of something maybe you need to reflect on about your own character, you know. But that could be a whole show that I'll, I'll just leave alone. But yeah. I will say that I, and I know we, but I'm just saying, yeah. I'm excited for Queen Shadow. Yeah, I am I'm incredibly excited, excited for Queen to Shadow. read a Padme-focused story in a period that we haven't really explored yet. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just excited, and I, I love uh, E.K. Johnson, the author. I loved Ahsoka, so I am excited for this. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that you guys are, too, because we're going to probably be talking about it when it comes out. So. Yeah. So, um, on to from the Buke into the film and the TV news. Uh... Resistance mid-season trailer dropped in... Oh my god. <laughs> it's so... Oh, yeah. It's so pretty. Um, we are very, very behind, but we are working to catch up because it looks like the rest of the season is going to be taking us right up until season seven. Or episode seven. Yeah, with seeing... You know, if you haven't seen... I mean, it's not really spoilers, it's a trailer, but... Yeah. If you haven't seen it, there's a section that features Hux's speech from episode seven, yes. which... Seems to have ramped things up to 11 because, you know, we knew it took place prior to that and it was probably going there eventually. I didn't expect to get there until the end of season two, mm -hmm. but 
here we are almost done with season one, and it looks like we're getting to season seven. Yeah. Which means that parts of season two could possibly take place during episode eight, yeah. which means season three could possibly be after. And that's just mind-blowing. So, uh, yes, we're terrible. We have gotten behind on it. I've yes. mentioned before, we don't really have cable, so it's been a journey with trying to find it, and I've shared before, and you'll hear about it again in the Banking Clan, that we've recently discovered a way through Amazon to be able to watch it, and we are working to catch up. So don't harass us. We're working on it. We're doing our homework. Just Yeah, Rebecca, don't harass us. <laughs> no. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, we're, we're working to catch up. And, and, and just know that it hasn't been a avoidance. It hasn't been by choice. It's just between the busyness of life and keeping up with what we've been doing with the podcast mm -hmm. and then just not having easy access to it, it's just kind of slipped by, you know. Um, because we aren't currently doing anything with a focus on resistance, we're not doing like a resistance watch or a resistance review or anything like yeah. that, uh, it's kind of unfortunately been put lower on the list of things like Clone Wars and, you know, regular, uh, quote-unquote, research, which is, yeah, most of our research is watching Star Wars or reading Star Wars, but it's because we have to do research. that for the show, we don't have to watch Resistance, so unfortunately it's it's yeah. further down on our radar, but yeah. it's worked its way up. That's, that mid-season trailer did its job. We're, we're working to get yeah. caught up, so. And also we've got so much going on in our personal lives right now that it's yeah. just... Oh my gosh. Life. Yeah, which... Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the, the podcast is extra for us. Yeah. You know, we have uh, real work and we have social lives. Well, we try to. Um, and then there's the podcast. And, I was about to say. Uh, so, it, yeah, just busyness. But yeah. we're, it's, it has definitely moved up on our list. So Yeah, definitely. Bye, Hannibal. I'm going to miss you. Right. We, we constantly have to trade off. Like, we're like, oh, we're going to catch up on Supernatural this time. Nope. nope. Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, I'd love to watch Hannibal. Nope. Right? <laughs> Clone Wars. Um, so, yeah. Uh, on to the galaxy's edge. Last week, we were disgusting. Disgusting? Last week, we were disgusting. I disgust. didn't think so. I tried to. What? Take a shower. <laughs> Last week we were discussing Galaxy's Edge news, and we forgot to mention that it was revealed that guests will be able to build a mini remote-controllable droid at the park. Yay! Yay! Can I finally get a gonk droid? Maybe. Please? I don't know. I, I don't know to the extent of what uh, would be available. <laughs> can I please have a gonk droid that can just <laughs> walk around the house? I don't want a Roomba, I just want one. Um... This will probably take the place of the build your own lightsaber sections in most of the current Star Wars shops at Disney, which we have both done. Um, if it's anything like the mini R2 and BB-8 that the shops sell, it will be tiny but adorable. Yeah, I have to imagine that and is what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, because also price is <clears throat> a factor. So, oh, yeah. You know, they have the action figure version of build your droid sections. Yeah, um, which with, we have also done. Yeah, yeah. with very limited... Uh, selection, but I I think this is going to be a little bit more, I do think it's going to be like the, the remote controlled ones, because that's what it seems to sound like, is, you know, you build your own interactive droid and such. It'd be cool, because they've talked about having droid builders with, you know, life-size replicated droids mm -hmm. there. It'll be cool if that's yeah. the section, like you go to a mechanic shop and you see 
chopper and you see an R5 or mm-hmm. whatever, and then you get to build your own. Yeah. That'd be cool. I look forward to stuff like that, because when we went to uh, the, the, the Disney for the thing that we went to, what was it called? Galactic Knights? Yes, Galactic Knights, that. Okay. Um, <laughs> you didn't give me a lot to go off sorry. of, so. <laughs> when we went to Disney and did the thing, um, we saw a lot of local droid builders yeah. out there. And it was absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, you know, we met Triple Zero. Yeah. There. Someone actually dressed up as a uh, protocol droid. A black, you know, a black yeah. protocol droid. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it is a kind of a little glimpse of what we can probably expect at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So. It was one of those things where Getting he didn't... exciting. He wasn't one of the droids that talked because, you know, it's a, a comic book. Mm-hmm. So you can't really replicate a voice from a comic book. Mm-hmm. But still, mm-hmm. it was very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's getting more and more exciting for Galaxy's Edge. Pretty soon. All right, well, uh, sorry for the long-winded news. Some of it wasn't news. Some of it was just kind of soapboxy. But, meh, uh, you come here for the conversations, and this is the conversations that you get today. Uh, can't all be winners. But uh, we're about to transition into the banking clan get a transmission from that, and then we'll be back with the main show. Alright, guys. So if you don't know by now, the Banky Clan is when we get you some deals from Amazon on some Star Wars-y stuff and just some Amazon-y stuff, uh, and you have fun with that and everything that you purchase a uh, bit is uh, given to us to support the show. So all of this uh, potentially could be supporting the creation of future content. So hopefully, uh, yeah, you find something you like. We certainly try to give you uh, ideas of some things that you would like. For instance, Amazon Prime. You can get a 30-day free trial now of Amazon Prime, which is pretty cool. We enjoy the service, and we think you will too. Uh, the best part about it is two-day uh, free shipping on most items. But you also get other little perks here and there, different discounts and coupons and uh, deals. But uh, yeah, it's free for 30 days, so why not try it? Uh, You can check out the link in uh, the description for that. You can also try Audible for one month free. Uh, Again, if you um, like books but find yourself in a situation where you can't always have your face buried in a book, but you can have uh, pods in your ears injecting that book into your brain, then Audible's for you. Um, It's a bit different of a perspective when you realize that most of the books that you want to read can be read in about eight hours, a.k.a. a natural workday. So you can be listening to Star Wars books while at work. Your boss has no idea, but you're actually uh, getting Star Wars injected into your brain. Uh, Of course, Pirate's Price uh, was recently released. That's on Audible and narrated by Jim Cummings. So if you get the free trial, you get one free credit. You can go ahead and get you Pirate's Price or get whatever book you want, Star Wars or otherwise. But yeah, it's free. Why not? Dare I say, why not? Um, We also have a link in the description for the top Amazon deals of every category. We throw some Star Wars related uh, stuff at you, but if you don't like any of that, check out this link. Find what you do like. Uh, We don't have a long enough, uh, manageable enough podcast schedule to tell you about everything on Amazon, so that's why we give you that link, so you can just find whatever it is you do want. Um, 
But speaking of Star Warsy stuff, because we are talking about Mandalorians, uh, we tried to find some things that were Mandalorian related. So there's a link in the description for a cool Mandalorian shirt. It's got the cool Mandalorian bantha skull. If you would like to show your uh, awesome love for the Mandos, um, if T-shirts aren't your thing or they don't have your size, and maybe in your heart of hearts, like me, you consider Boba Fett still Mandalorian until you're absolutely proven otherwise. <laughs> uh, there's also a cool deal on a Boba Fett backpack. Uh, we have a link to that in the description. It can carry yeah. all kinds of your stuff, and it looks like Boba Fett. Yes. How much cooler can you get? We also own a similar one. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if, if uh, you love Mandos, if you love Boba, yeah. then there you go. Check out the link for that. The other thing is uh, Amazon Prime Video. Um, this is an extra service on top of Amazon Prime that gets you access to uh, current uh, and new TV shows and movies, as well as a library of other uh, existing stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can find such awesome things like Star Wars Resistance on there. And uh, just for $3, for a 30-day trial, you can get Star Wars Resistance, all other things. One cool thing that's um, coming to Amazon Prime Video very soon is a fan film about the 501st cosplaying group. Uh, it's kind of a history of how it started, an interview with some of the members, and a uh, journey with them uh, on some of the various things that they do to bring a little bit of Star Wars positivity into the lives of children's hospitals and, and other uh, fan groups and whatnot. It's called Heroes of the Empire, and it will be on Amazon Prime Video very soon. So if you get this trial for the next month, you should have access as soon as it comes out. Check it out. Support the 501st. Sometimes... Like many Star Wars fans, the 501st can be a difficult group of people, but at the heart of hearts, they're fans who want to help other fans, especially yes. those who are down and out and, and wouldn't otherwise have that great of a Star Wars experience. So, the heart of the 501st is good. They are really, truly heroes of the Empire, and so uh, support them with checking that out. Uh, Megan. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a Star Wars-related weird uh, oddity? For us as well? I do, John. Yay! I can always count on you for the oddities. Well, it's not really an oddity, it's just something neat. Ooh. It's... Did you know that Play School, the toy company, yes. makes Star Wars toys? Very cute Star Wars toys. Guys, for $24, Ooh. you can get the Play That's School, money. Star Wars Galactic Heroes, Heroes, Imperial... AT-AT Fortress. Ooh. And I'm going to show you a picture of how cute Aww, that... I know, that's right? That's a little cute AT-AT. I know, right? Aww. This is the reason to have children. You I can play with these things. I want to get it and name it Rex. It looks like a little puppy. At the cart. Oh my goodness, it's so cute. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want a cute little AT-AT to not give to children and just keep for yourself because it's absolutely freaking adorable... Then, there Judgment. you go. Uh, check that out. It's all on Amazon, and all of the purchases, if any of this catches your uh, fancy, all of it actually ends up supporting the show in a small portion, and so uh, yes. we'd appreciate if you check it out, because who doesn't love Star Wars stuff? Also. And who doesn't love supporting their favorite Star Wars podcast? I forgot. I forgot, guys. Uh, 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 uh. So, Black Series released these really cool statuettes of Rey and Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. They were $70. Oh. They've been discounted on Amazon. $5. No. Uh, uh, let me get the exact close. price. Uh, 
So if you don't know what she's talking about, Black Series is the brand of Hasbro figures that does the more three and three quarter and six inch detailed figures. So highly articulated, highly detailed. This one. They recently did a line where they're statuettes, so they're not figures that you move or play with. Um, they're captures of battle scenes that you can put on your coffee table or at your desk. And they, uh, some yes. even have, uh, light up, like the Kylo Ren one has light up features. The Darth Vader one yeah. has light up features. I don't believe the Ray one does. No. Uh, the Kylo Ren has been discounted from forty nine ninety nine to $28.99. Ooh, half price pretty much. And the Ray one, come on, show it to me, baby, is, come on, down from forty nine forty nine ninety nine. To sixteen fifty seven. Oh, I feel bad that she's cheaper. I know, right? Oh, go get go go rescue Ray from Amazon, guys. I know, right? Get get that beautiful statuette. You and put it at get, your desk. You can get both of those and the Black Series Darth Vader with him. Yeah, uh, he's coming through the uh, Tantive Four uh, escape hatch. Yes, and that is the proper pronunciation. Um, you can get all three of them for sixty nine fifty one. So all three pretty mu- pretty close to the price of one yeah. right now on Amazon. And they all qualify for Prime. Boom! So you can get it and get it in two days. There so you go. there you go. There's your Amazon deals for the week. Uh, yeah, we'll have one more quick little uh, blurb for you, and then we'll be into the main show, talking about some Mandos. And we're back. And now uh, it's the main show. Welcome to I mean, the, the main show. The whole thing's the main show, but this is the main show of the main show. Welcome to some edutainment, kids. Yes, edutainment. This is meant to be a fun conversation, but also kind of a bit of education. Uh, just kind of catching up on who exactly the Mandalorians are. And, you know, the interesting thing of Star Wars as we know it now is there's such a separation of what was and what is, you know, legends versus canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mandalorians have a lot of legends, and they have some canon. And, you know, you're kind of being introduced to the Mandalorians, uh, canon exclusively. You really haven't had anything, uh, any exposure to the legend stuff, so it's a cool time to kind of sit back and kind of catch up what we know about the Mandalorians so far, mm-hmm. and look at maybe what were inspired by legends and uh, what was... Uh, the story and, and some of the differences and all that stuff and just have some interesting conversations about fictional people. Yay! Because that's kind of what we do here. That's what the life of a Star Wars is. We talk about is. face space movies. Fake space I said face space movies. <laughs> face, Fake face space. space. It is the face space. <laughs> Look at um, this man's face. Isn't he hot? Uh, but anyway. So, but, so you have been introduced to the Mandalorians through Clone Wars. Yes, and only. through you. <laughs> well, I mean, we've talked about it, yes, but you, the the thicket of your exposure is the, word. Uh, the Clone Wars, watching yes. the Clone Wars and, and taking that in. You haven't read the books, haven't played the games, mm-hmm. haven't read the comics. Yes. You know, what you know of Mandalorians is Boba Fett and Jango Fett and other things we've talked about that, you know, but... yes. The detail for you is in the Clone Wars. Yes. So, that said, and, and even before we really uncover everything of the Mandalorian's canon or legends, uh, with what you've got now, 
Yes. In your squishy brain about the Mandalorians, what do you think so far? My brain isn't that squishy. All brains are squishy. Um, my brain's like a turtle shell. Nothing's getting in there. Hmm. <laughs> but no, um, I... To be honest, I didn't know much about the Mandalorians going in, as you've said, so I didn't really know what to expect, other than what I had seen of Jango Fett and Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And I was incredibly surprised to find that that was nothing like what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, here, here I am watching the first episode of the Mandalorian arc that we're going through right now on, on our Clone Wars rewatch, and... I'm hit in the face with how freaking beautiful everyone is, number one. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And I I get it. They're all very, <laughs> very pretty. I get why Obi-Wan was enamored. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I get why he sowed his he wild oats. He was wooed by the, the Mando, Mando uh, Beauty Society. And can I tell you something? Sure. Can, it's can a I, podcast. Can I tell you something? Yes. I thought that the things on Satine's headdress were her ears <laughs> at first. Really? Yes. <laughs> I thought she was an alien. Oh my goodness. I had only ever seen pictures of her with the headdress on. Ah. Yeah. Nope, they're flowers. Yeah. They're very pretty. They're like colorless. Can you imagine having to put that in all the time? I absolutely love Satine's outfits. Oh yeah, it's really beautiful. Like, they almost rival Padme's outfits for me. Well, and as we've said, it's funny that you would say that because they're based off of unused Padme uh, outfit concepts. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think what... I think it's... I think it didn't become Padme for a reason. I don't think it fit Padme, but I think it fits yeah. perfectly with Satine and the culture that's been created <clears throat> of, of Mandalore in yeah. Clone Wars. So. And it's very interesting learning that they were a warrior people, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of learned their lesson. Yeah, well, and that's the interesting thing is, you know, you come <coughs> in... You find out they were like what you were expecting, mm-hmm. but not anymore. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. I, to be honest, I was kind of expecting them all to kind of look like Tamar Morrison. Mm-hmm. You know? Because mm-hmm. he's from... He's... I, I don't know... He's from New Zealand. He's from New Zealand. He's Kiwi. Specifically the Pacific Islands. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of expecting everybody to look like him. But, like, blonde hair, blue eyes, that kind of blew me out of the water there for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know if that was, like, an aesthetic choice, or... Yeah, I forget the vibe that, uh... Dave Filoni said he was going... He had a, a particular uh, group of people in mind, but... White? Well, I mean, a specific... Yeah. Uh, cultural... I get ...of you. people in mind. Yeah. Um, it's kind of... It's very Slavic, in a way. I, I, I want to say that's kind of... I mean, especially certain characters, like... Bo-Katan, and when you really get into Rebels, it does feel a little Russian. But now, I will say, mm. the Rin family, uh, Sabine's family, uh, that we see more of in Thank Rebels... Thank <laughs> <laughs> uh, ...is much more what you'd kind of come to expect of uh, Tamora Morrison vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has to do, you know... We'll talk about the breakdown yeah. of the differences of Mandalorians... But I, mean, I think it. I think it's just like saying, "Oh, from, well, I'm from uptown. You're from downtown," kind of thing. Where yeah, I guess it's regional, like you said. Yeah, I think I think that's what. It, and then yeah. understanding the long history of mm-hmm. Mandalorians that we'll get into, it's yeah. possible that over time that's happened, where it's mm-hmm. been a little bit of a branch off, a little bit of uh, diversity has been introduced over yeah. time. 
let's be honest. It's it's a whole dang planet, y'all. Well, I mean, it's a whole planet plus, you know, they have a lot of uh, control over certain space. Yeah. Uh, and certain planets. Now, I will say that Satine is from Calvella, which is a colony uh, or planet under the Mandalorian umbrella. So, now, yes, most of who we see are also mostly blonde or light-colored hair and uh, fair-skinned. Very olive-type-looking skin, in a way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, again, with with the long history, I think a lot of that's just due to both yeah. introduced diversity of, you know, maybe clans with clans mingling and, and whatnot. But I think it's also got to do with, you know, most of them, they don't see a lot of sunlight. Um, mm. you know, they, and on Mandalore, they mostly live in domed cities. So, yeah. it's possible that that even maybe has an, an, uh, uh, impact on the complexion a little bit, and... Or just, like you said, like me, I don't go outside. I feel like I would be right. very at home. Well, they're not antisocial, but, um... What are you saying, John? Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's just that there's no one type, uh to the Mandalorians, I do think... Now, in Legends, they really went with the whole Tamara Morrison thing. The, from yeah. the complexion to the sort of uh, accent uh, in, in the, the writing and everything, they really mm -hmm. leaned into that a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's just a matter of personal choice by the art director. Like I said, I know, yeah. I know Filoni had a particular... <clears throat> Uh, group of people in mind. I think he was going for very Nordic mm -hmm. uh, style, yeah. is what I want to say. Uh, I could be, I'm not, don't quote me on that, I'm, I'm taking a best guess at what I would, I know he based it off someone, but I can't remember exactly what uh, group of people, but I believe it's very Nordic. Um, and so, I think it, yeah, I think it's just a medley of people. I saw no one wearing we a horned so, helmet. We spent so much more time on this than I thought we would, <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Yeah. Did you have anything else to add about what you think so far? Um, not really. I just, I really enjoy Satine, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Her whole, I like her political stance of, mm -hmm. you know, we were, we, we were a warrior people, but it no, our life no longer calls for that. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, we take peace more, more so. Mm-hmm. Well, keep that in mind, because we'll come back to that a little bit. Oh boy, can't wait. Uh, so, but, anyway, so let's talk about, let's just keep going with the canon. Let's talk more about the canon, and what exactly, because, you know, you, you've seen a few episodes, uh, there's a lot that's revealed over time with canon, and mm -hmm. I am going to avoid uh, spoiling certain things. So I will say, if you're listening to this, and you are like, hey, he forgot about that one thing that happened at that <clears> one time, yeah. Uh, just a, again, a reminder. I haven't seen everything. She, yeah, she's experiencing Clone Wars for the first time. I'm a brand new baby. She's barely experienced Rebels, which some of this is going to come from. Yeah. So if I don't mention certain names, if I don't talk about certain experiences, yeah. it's, don't spoil it. It's one of those things. Like I only know like the deepest spoilery things about Rebels at this point. <laughs> some of them, yeah. Some. Well, mm. There's still some you don't know. Uh, and I don't I'm like trying it. to preserve that. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Internet, for making that difficult, but... Yeah. And they don't mean to. No, I mean... It's been ten years. Well, for... Well, not for Rebels. No, for... But... Yeah. 
But the Clone Wars. But, uh, but for the sake of the episode, we are going to talk about a kind of a general brushstroke of certain things. Um, stroke, whatever. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, I didn't you know, say we're gonna, it loud. I, I, I felt it in my soul. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're certain things for getting the whole story we're going to mention, but not in detail. You My are. point being, don't run to the Twitters and yell at us and spoil uh, s- spoil certain things. Um, but anyway, so the can the canon history, what we know so far, I'm going to go ahead and say, is not much. Yeah. It is not much, especially once we start getting into the uh, legend stuff. But sort of as a setup to who the Mandalorians are, uh, the Mandalorian people are a warrior culture, or in our case of when you're being introduced, were... Uh, with a history that predates the Republic. So they existed and were kind of brought together before the time of the Republic. The Republic's big brother sister. Right. Well, I mean, they, you'll see, they, they're very out and away from the Republic in, in mm-hmm. its ways. Like a real brother sister. <laughs> um, in their society, uh, two things are held uh, in high esteem, and that is honor and power. Uh, these principles are primarily held and led by a single leader of the people known as Mandalore, uh, and that's spelled M-A-N-D uh, apostrophe A-L-O-R. So it sounds exactly like the planet name, but it's mm-hmm. spelled a little different. Uh, it's got an apostrophe, so it's exotic. Uh, hey. But yeah, so the planet's called Mandalore, the leader of the people is called Mandalore. It doesn't get confusing at all. Under the Mandalore are his enforcers, the Mandalorian protectors. So these are kind of the guys that, you know, enforce the Mandalorian code and and ensure peace amongst the people and that, you know, uh, they're sticking to the Mandalorian ways. Uh, The power then splits and divides into various houses which are made up of single or joined clans. The houses represent political affiliation and power. The clans that make up the houses are individual families. For instance, House Vizsla was made up, obviously, of Clan Vizsla, but also Mm. Clan Wren. So smaller family clans may support or join larger clans. Uh, And the clan with the most power in that situation is recognized as the house. A house may have particular possession of resources or have particular practices of the Mandalorian Code or could oversee specific political goings-on, but each house has their own pillar, which uh, holds up the overall Mandalorian people. Ah, Makes sense. Clan Hufflepuff, yes. No, no Clan Hufflepuff. But so you get, you get it. Yes. You know, it, I very find Game of Thrones that in. very interesting. What? Hufflepuffs are good fun. Oh Never my mind. goodness! Stop with the Hufflepuff, Slytherin all the way. Goodness gracious. Yeah, sure. You guys were certainly helpful in the big conflict. Oh, don't okay, worry. Son. Let me let me go find something to help with this this drastic matter. Okay, your entire house went underground, literally. Not the Most entire house. Most of them. Not all Slytherins are Death Eaters. It's true. Thank you. That's true. Exactly. I, listen, guys, you can't have a Hufflepuff without a Slytherin and vice versa. That's why we're married. So, Game of Thrones influences are a plenty, or at least inspirations of it, as mm-hmm. you can kind of see in this. Oh, yes, With I the see. whole breakdown of clans and houses, it feels very Game of Thronesy. Um, does this add to your view and interest of the Mandalorians. Does this... Because this is stuff that's kind of built in later into the canon understanding. As far as you're coming in, the houses and clans setup is gone. Yeah. Um, So, understanding this history to the Mandalorians, 
does it add anything for you? It does. It makes me very interested to learn more about, you know, number one, you know, the the clans and how they sort of affected Mandalore as a whole. Mm-hmm. And also, what got what made them get to the point mm-hmm. to where they decided, nope, we're gonna be, uh, we're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that whole situation. Because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I, it's... I was one of the ones that kind of bought into the idea, you know, when they said Benioff and Weiss, uh, writers and directors of Game of Thrones, would be uh, writing for a Star Wars series. Um, I was one of the ones that bought in. Oh, Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had hoped for that. I, I really wanted that. And they could definitely go Old Republic and touch on the Mandalorians, but I think with the Mandalorian show, I don't think they're going to kind of overdose on Mandalorians yeah. in that regard. But I will say, you know, uh, it's very clear that some of the inspirations for the world building came from Game of Thrones, um, and I definitely think that's okay, because it adds a whole other realm. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, coming in from the Legends history, they were warriors, they were tough guys, they were the cool guys, they were the ones always you know, kind of just walking away from explosions kind of cool. <laughs> and that was really it to Mandalorians. And now yeah. having these different layers of houses and clans and political affiliations, and it, it adds this whole nother kind of concept to them that doesn't just make them the group of cool guys that shoot blasters, but it adds complexity. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like Game of Thrones, on the surface can seem just like guys swinging swords and trying to do this and trying to... But then when you get into it, the... The espionage and and the back and forth and the the vying for the throne all Mm -hmm. adds a lot of interesting layers. Tell Cersei I did it. I want her to know. What? You haven't seen that episode, have you? I didn't understand what you just said, so... It's it's the old lady from... It's... Yes, I've seen that episode. Yeah. From the Purple Wedding. Yeah. The Purple Wedding. What? Right? I don't remember. She's the one that killed Joffrey. Yeah, she is... Mm, spoilers, but yes. Spoiler alert, Joffrey dies. <laughs> Trust me, if you've, seen, God. if you've seen one episode, you wanted that to happen. Yes. Uh, anyway, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, I definitely think taking from Game of Thrones in a little bit of that light, and I mean, and it's not an exact ripoff. We're not, we don't have Mandalorians vying for the uh, Iron Throne, but there is a symbol of uh, allegiance for the Mandalorians, which we'll talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. And certainly there's the the desire to be the power, to be the Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a bit of that kind of Iron Throne vibe a little bit, which would be some very interesting storytelling uh, during that realm. Yeah. Um, but like I said, that time pa- has passed. By the time we come into the Clone Wars, it's a whole new Mandalore. Yeah. Um... So, but a little bit about that history. Again, much of this is added in as we continue on in our journey with the Mandalorians throughout. So, uh, the canon history kind of... So, as we've established, they're kind of a warrior culture. Uh, They're led by Mandalore and overseen by the Protectors. Uh, They existed before the Republic, and uh, a group known as the Mandalorian Crusaders uh, were established and spread until they reached the Jedi Order. So, these were the guys that went out... You know, you had the Mandalorians that stayed within Mandalorian fence line, and then you had the guys that were like, we want more, we're strong, we're powerful, so we should be able to take the rest of it, and they go out and take it. 
uh, and they take and take and take until they reach the line that meets the Jedi Order. And all of a sudden, now the Jedi Order have to get involved. Mm-hmm. And so, um, most of the modern Manda- Mandalorian technology uh, was actually inspired by the Mandalorian Jedi War uh, and was designed to defeat and disable Jedi. Uh, everything from the grappling hooks to the jetpacks to magnetized boots. Uh, some even had um, repulsor gauntlets so that they could deflect lightsabers. Hmm. Much of it was designed so that they could be more efficient Jedi killers. Um, during this time, a Mandalorian actually became a Jedi named... Tar- uh, well, he didn't become a Jedi named this. His name was Tar Vizsla, and he became a Jedi. Vizsla. Sounds yeah. familiar. Sounds very familiar. Um, and he created the Darksaber. Uh, we see the Darksaber in the first episode of the Mandalorian arc. Vizsla brings it out to challenge Obi-Wan. He says, many Jedi have died by this saber, which seems a bit weird if a Jedi created that. That's because uh, at some point or another during the war, he was killed. Um, and the saber was kept in the Jedi Temple until it was stolen by members of Clan Vizsla. And it was used as a symbol of power and unification for the Mandalorian people. For, so, for instance, you have, that, you have the dark saber, you have the power kind of thing. So it, it's a little bit of the Iron Throne thing where it's like, why do you have power? Because I have the throne. Why do you have power? Because I have the Darksaber. So it's kind of that same thing where if you can get that, you have power. Uh, and so the Mandalorians took that and used that as a symbol uh, for the people. And so that's all pre-Clone Wars. Really, all we know is that they continued to war amongst themselves and others, and the conflict was... Harsh. We know this because if you look at the planar uh, Concord Dawn, one third of Concord Dawn is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Of the entire planet, one third is missing because of war. Like imagine, like what kind of war you have to have to destroy a third of a planet. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but Mandalore itself. You know, we mentioned they live the dome life. That's because the rest of the planet is barren, lifeless, and uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. So they have to live in these domed cities just to survive. So, when these guys go to war, like, they do, they dial it up to 11. <laughs> uh, you know, it's very harsh. So, when you, you know, you mentioned that what would get you to that point where all of a sudden you have to have that hard shift towards, I think we need to think about peace. You, that. Yeah. The drastic and heavy-handed wars uh, that literally destroy planets. The Empire needed a giant space station to destroy planets. Mandalorians did it with them with their bare hands. <laughs> well, not their bare hands. But, you know what I mean. Like, they didn't need a planet killer to destroy planets. They destroyed planets. And so, I mean, that that alone, I want that story. Yeah. <laughs> I want that battle. And I think that's what we were kind of, we were kind of hoping for in, uh, when we heard about the Mandalorian at first, you mm-hmm. told me about the Jedi Mandalore War, and I was just like, "I I need to see this." Yeah, and and the Jedi the, during that time, basically, it was war against three major factions: mm-hmm. the Jedi, the Sith, and the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. All three were kind of you can't really tell when one war ended and one war began. It it it's all kind of a, a mishmash. Mm-hmm. So. If Benioff and Weiss operate in that old Republic era, there's a good chance that they could tell that kind of story and touch on that. Mm -hmm. And I think at at some point we do need to explore that because these teases of the the Jedi-Mando War, the Great War, you you can't keep doing that. No, like when 
when they were talking about it in, I think it was the first episode of the arc that we're in right now, I was like, you, you keep, you keep telling me about the cake. When are you going to let me taste it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's hints at it. There's, there's murals. Uh, you know, the Mandalorians are big in arc, uh, and there's several murals replicating, so replicating the, the war. Uh, Kanan mentions it uh, to Ezra when he kind of tries to explain a little bit about uh, Sabine and her history because she doesn't really open up about it, mm-hmm. you know. And he mentions the Great Jedi Mandalorian War, yeah. and so we get these hints, and I, I think eventually it's got to go somewhere. Yeah, seriously, guys, it sounds like a great cake. It sounds amazing. Let me eat it. Let me eat this cake. Um, so yeah, so obviously where we go from that is a thousand years later, during the uh, Clone Wars, um, Civil War breaks out between the Death Watch and the new Mandalorians, as they kind of call themselves. They're led by Satine, who wants to renew the Mandalorian look. You know, this war stuff isn't working for us. We need to seek peace and we need to avoid war especially with this whole clone war stuff going on mm-hmm. and the death watch are the exact opposite yeah being led by clan vizsla pre vizsla himself you know he is kind of a direct link to the past mm-hmm. of mandalore and he wants to return it to that yeah I, it sounds to me like he isn't really that in touch with his ancestry i mean he is on one side of it but well, I think he he looks at it from the pride sense. Mm. You know, he doesn't look at what they did as wrong or bad. And if anything, he looks at it as a symbol of how they how powerful they were. Hmm. <laughs> you know that sounds familiar. And so he he looks at it in that sense, and that he, and he sees that what Satine's doing as an affront to that, as sullying their history and their name of Mandalorians. Uh, and so, and obviously, a great deal of people agree with him. Yeah. You know, they want to return to their heritage a little bit. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's hard to see your fault when you're so proud of it. Uh, and, and that's kind of pre-Vizsla in this case. Um, eventually, Death Watch are exiled, and Satine leads the Mandalorian people the new Mandalorian way, uh, until eventually war breaks out again, and over time, Mandalore just weakens to the point that the Empire is able to easily take over. Uh, the Empire takes over and says, hey... We'll keep you around, but you work for us. Mm-hmm. And so a former Death Watch warrior named Gar Saxon becomes Imperial Viceroy of Mandalore and leads a team of Mandalorians <coughs> called the Imperial Super Commandos, which if that sounds familiar, that's because they're kind of based off of and inspired by concept of Boba Fett, who originally started as a Super Commando. Huh. Uh, they even have the white armor. Neat. Which looks awesome. It's re- I love the look of Im- Imperial Mandos. I'm just going to say that. Um, so the Super Commandos uh, and the Empire were resisted by other Mandalorian clans led by another former Death Watch member, and the Empire for a long time was able to overpower the Mandalorians because of the help of one of their own. Eventually, though, thanks to some rebel help, the Mandalorians were able to pull together and overthrow Saxon and the Empire and free themselves once again and begin to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And then that's all we know. Of course. And that's all still pre-episode four. <laughs> so there's a sort of five-year section of the Galactic Civil War where we don't hear from the Mandalorians, as far as we know. Uh, and then we don't know what happens after the Galactic Civil War. When the Empire's gone, you know, we don't know that yet. We do know the Mandalorian, the show, takes place after that. But you hmm. know, we'll talk about that in a second. But So that's, that's what we know of canon so far. Do you 
So now we get into the question segment. Yes. This is when we kind of get to discussing. Do you think Mandalore and the Mandalorians would have died off if not for the change that was brought about by Satine? Absolutely. I think they would have killed each other until there was no one left. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how it usually ends. Well, when all you're built on is war and power and, you know, over-sieging, eventually you run out of things to take over, and yep. eventually you just start fighting inside yourself. You know, like, you know, the within the faction begins, you know, it's like, I've got no one else to fight, so I don't like what you think, and, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're destroying yourself. Uh, the Mandalorians are destroying themselves from the inside. Um... I think it did kind of give a little bit of a new life. I don't think it was intended. I think Satine thought she was starting them on a path that they would follow to the end. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly that changes when the Empire comes in. But yeah. again, because we don't know what happens after that, we don't know, do they return to Satine's ways? Do they return to seeking peace? Or do they continue into a path of, well, we're just going to be honorable, honorable powerhouses kind of thing. Hmm. Um, so, I mean... I don't, I, you know, I don't even know. Is there is there a balance where they can still be powerful and uh, yet peaceful? You know, because uh, it sounds like all they really know how to do and are good at is taking over and controlling power and kind of spreading that power uh, and, and taking more and such. You know, so yeah, it's kind of hard. Yeah, you kind of have to have one or the other. And I think definitely one eventually leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can only go so far with war before you destroy yourself, I think. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. So, do you think it would have been better for Satine and those who believed in her ways to secede from the more old-minded Mandalorians? You know, do you think that perhaps Satine and others would have been able to have their peaceful life, and then the Mandalorians of the old way could have their warrior life, and it would all be okay. No. They would go after her. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of I kind of think so. And, and I think because they would see it as, you know, you're taking people away from our true ways. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, it's like denominations in the church. You know, we can't leave each other alone because... You know, they believe that, and we believe this, and so forth and so on, and it can't be peaceful just because, it can't just be, okay, well, you do your thing, we'll do our thing. Mm -hmm. It has to be, no, we're we're right, and you're wrong, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of just, and I know we're talking fictional humans versus human humans, but I think it's just human nature to, the idea of, well, we could just leave and do our own thing. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, you know, they're not, I don't see... Uh, pre Vizsla letting them go. No. I mean, he's worked so hard so far to kill Satine. Like, he, he ain't gonna give up till he do something. Well, and then it's it's a it's a power move it, to, to say, hey, you think you can deviate from the Mandalorian ways? No. That gets you death. You know, yeah. I, I think that's more the principle uh, there is just like, he doesn't want anyone to think that they can do what, whatever they want. Yeah. If you're a Mandalorian, you live this code and that's it. Yeah. It's almost like humans have free will or something. You would think. What's that like? 
you would think. Um, do you think the Mandalorian should have been, should have ever been allowed to be so independent of the Republic? Do you think that things would have been any different if the Republic hadn't just let them have their own space and their own deal? Because you know their their history is that it only became the Republic's problem when it reached their fence. Yeah. If the Mandalorians hadn't been independent. I mean, they have their own political structure. They're, they're completely separate from the Republic. Yeah. If the Republic was over them, do you think it could have been, the Mandalorians would have been any different? Or, you know, what, what in a world where the Mandalorians are part of the Republic, what, what do you think that looks like? Man, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I think there would have been even more fighting. The people who are with the Republic and the people who are against the Republic, it would start an entirely new war. Well, yeah, because I mean, say what you will about the Republic and armies and everything, I don't think the Republic would have just been like, yeah, you can go and pillage and do, you know, I don't, I don't think the Republic would have let them get that far. I think, heck no. I think eventually they would have had a, you know, Clone War situation of, fine, we're receding from the Republic, you know. They would have become separatists, and, and instead of calling them Mandalorians, we would just call them separatists, and mm -hmm. then you have that whole war break out. Yep. Um, I definitely think the Mandalorians are... I mean, with everything that makes Mandalorians Mandalorians, I don't think that they could be containable with Republic. No. You know, and I think that's where the not. war comes from, is the Republic wants control, but the Mandalorians want their own control. Yeah, and it would start a war with the Republic over... Ugh, the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, it would just be conflict over conflict, I think. Yeah. There's a line from Hamilton that I think about a lot, of course, you know. Mm -hmm. Just gotta be from Hamilton, you know. It's, he's making the point of, if we win this fight, is it just going to start a cycle mm -hmm. of war after war after war? And that is completely valid. We yeah. do have to think about that kind of thing when we consider war. Is is this going to accomplish what we want it to, or is it going to just create a never-ending cycle? Well, and that's Satine's whole point, you know, when she's talking about, like, no, don't bring Republic troops here. We don't need your help. We don't need your war. Mm -hmm. We if can anything, handle this. bring the war even more here. Right, because, you know, she wants to handle it themselves and, and try and handle it in a peaceful way mm -hmm. to show that not all problems are solved with war. Yeah. Um... And so I definitely think, and, and when looking at this history, you have to imagine Satine knows that history, it's much easier to imagine how she could have such firm, strong opinions about, no, don't bring that here, don't yeah. do that. I, because it's easy for us to say, things would be so much better if you just let the Republic come help you. Yeah, uh, no. Have you seen what war's done to my planet? Don't yeah. bring that here. You know, so... Uh, and that's something come, that comes from understanding the history a little bit more, I think, is you understand all of a sudden, man, why is she so stubborn? Well, she's seen nothing but bad of war. Yeah. Yeah, some see liberation. Some see retribution. All she's seen is decimation and destruction. And, and mm -hmm. so I think she's very founded in her firm, nope, we're going to yeah. find a peaceful way to this. If you want to reconsider your ideals about war, go to a war-torn country mm -hmm. and ask them how they feel about war. Right, because the war is won, yay, and then they leave, and all of a sudden the people affected by that, what about them? Mm -hmm. 
you know, and so I think that's kind of the uh, ideal that Satine represents a little bit more with the <coughs> new Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, so before we jump into uh, a little bit of the legends, uh, what do you think of the Mandalorians who serve, obviously you haven't seen Rebels to see this, but the idea of it more so. What do you think of the Mandalorians that served uh, the Empire? Uh, if they're just servants of the Empire, are they really Mandalorians? Or does being a part of the imperial agenda override their Mandalorian heritage? Because they're clearly not representing Mandalorian ideals. They're representing imperial ideals now. Mm-hmm. And they just get, <clears throat> they're kind of yeah. allowed to be a part of it. Yeah, I think the moment that you you know, go away from your, you know, your cultural ideals in favor of something that is not necessarily good. You just jacked my Pusheen dice bag there. Sorry. I have a lot of dice, guys. Yeah. So much dice. hit with a dice bag. (laughs) But yeah, once you kind of give up your ideals that were probably for the better of your people in order to take over someone else's ideals that is probably going to be detrimental mm-hmm. to your people and your core beliefs. I think at that point you can no longer call yourself what that is, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah, well, and I think that's what, you know, there's a Mandalorian journeyman protector named Finn Rao. That's a uh, good name. That helps uh, the rebels because he, while not agreeing with the rebellion or, uh, you know, he's very, he's, he's loyal to Mandalore. Yeah. First and foremost. He's a Mandalorian protector, so he should be. Yes. But he recognizes that I can't be a part of the Empire just because they let us stay here. Uh, because then I'd have to give up my Mandalorian ways. And and that's why, he, you know, he was one of the ones that resisted Gar Saxon mm-hmm. and the Commandos because he's like, you're not Mandalorian anymore. You're Imperial. Yeah. You know, you think you you think you're free. You're you're just <clears throat> allowed to be here on your planet. You're allowed to be on your planet. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things like we're taking over, but you can stay here, but you just got to do what we say. And it's like that's fine. I get to, you know, pillage and throw my weight around and, you know, you get yeah. to do all those imperial bad things, but you, you don't you're no longer who you once were. You your people are no longer who they once were. Mm-hmm. You know, you've sacrificed everything. To join this faction just because they allow you to stick around. Yeah. But as soon as the Mandalorians had stopped being useful, though, you have to imagine that they probably would have ended up on a shelf just like anything else the Empire uses. Yeah. And so, now, again, I say, we got one of the coolest armor designs out of that. The cool uh, man, Imperial Mando Super Commando armor yeah. is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love Finn, uh, uh, Gar Saxon. I love Gar Saxon's uh, armor as well. But, um... Yeah, I love that struggle where Finn Rao and the other Mandalorians are like, you know, they, they come to terms with having to help the Rebellion because they want to be able to be free Mandalorians again. <clears throat> and if you, if we help you get rid of the Empire and that gives us Mandalore again, man, we can do that. Yeah. You know, and I think that, I think it told. I was a little worried for a while that the Mandalorians would just kind of join the Rebellion and I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that... It was one of those things like, hey, thanks for helping us liberate Mandalore. Good luck with your rebellion. Yeah. Because I think Have that's... Have fun storming the castle. Right. I think that's more in line with the Mandalorians. Yeah. They're loyal to themselves and their code and their houses and their people. Uh, and 
but I think they had, I think some Mandalorians had a respect for the Rebellion, because the Rebellion has a lot of that same internal loyalty to its people and its families and, you know, whatnot. And so I think there was kind of that respect of, hey, we care about our family, you care about yours. But mm. it's not our family's fight, it's yours. And so, but yeah, I do, I do think that you, they kind of stopped being Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, I think they sacrificed that. So where did the Mandos go? <laughs> we don't know. Uh, like I said, after the last season of Rebels, we really don't know what happens next for the Mandalorians. And um, But hopefully soon. Yeah, after the Rebels helped them drive out the Empire, the Mandalorians were left to rebuild and restart. And as far as we know, no for, had no further part in the Rebellion. There still could be a story that we find out different, but as of right now, it seems that the Mandalorians kind of just started on their new path of rebuilding the Mandalorian people. Uh, and which is why the story of the Mandalorian will be so interesting to see unfold. So do you think that we will get into the deep history uh, and culture of the Mandalorians? With the show, I mean. Or do you think that the Mandalorian is just a loner with no ties to the greater culture? I mean, I don't know. Well, uh, so let me, let me change it from what do you think, as in taking prediction... And say, what would you hope for? Would you hope that it would touch on the greater culture or that he'd be a loner? I kind of hope that we get, you know, some some tragic backstory in there. Mm -hmm. Like, this was what my people did. This mm -hmm. is how we survived. That kind of thing. But, I don't know. I think it it's one of those things, like, if it has no bearing on the story, then I could, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, well, and I mean, and it, I mean, that's why I, had, I wanted to rephrase, like, I mean, we can't exactly make predictions because we don't know much yet, yeah. but we, um, we do have hopes yes, and, and do. desires. <laughs> um, I, I kind of imagine that he may even have some sort of self-deprecating view of yeah. his heritage. Could be Maybe. like, you know, someone's like, oh, you're the Mandalorian. It's like... What does that even mean? What, My name's what, Greg. What's so great about being Mandalorian? We destroyed our planet. You know, I mean, with such a harsh history to the people, I can almost see him being like, man, that didn't mean anything good. Yeah. You know, and he's almost trying to escape his heritage. Mm -hmm. um, Which, I, I, like, adds insult to injury because the whole the show is called The Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, now, of course, I do hope we get some glimpse and in, in, in touch on the greater Mandalorian story. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I'm in the same boat with you of... I'm also okay if he's just a loner. Yeah. And he's just known as being the Mandalorian. Like, it's just that simple. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are wondering, could it be Cobb Vanth, which is... He's Mandalorian by reputation. Uh, I, I, I hope not, because, again, my greater hope is that he is Mandalorian, and we touch on that bigger story. Yeah. And if it turns out to be Cobb Vanth, then he's not Mandalorian, which means we're not going to get that story. But yeah. that's not to say that if we don't, that it's not going to be any good. You yeah. Know? But, yeah, so, I hope for both. I hope he is kind of a loner. But I do want to eventually, mostly just because I want answers. I want to know <laughs> more. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, and if it doesn't touch on the greater culture, that means more Mandos in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, we're going to eventually have to call season two the Mandalorians. So, yeah. that's my hope at least. Um, <laughs> do you think in the canon timeline of the galaxy that the Mandalorians have a place in the later timeline? For, oh, in other words, do you think the Mandos as we know them could exist in a cult, uh, exist as a culture all the way up to the time of the First Order and Resistance conflict. Hmm. For that, I don't know. I mean, I there's been so many like turf wars and so many differing ideals in that culture that I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> So insightful. Thank you. Um, I mean, it'd be like, I would have to learn a little bit more about how, if they could, you know, change their ideals to become a more... Well, I mean, yeah. that one, okay, so you're almost getting to an answer to the question. <laughs> no, I'm almost here. here, here's, here I'm, no, I'm not saying that to say that there's an actual answer to the question. I'm just yeah. saying you're starting to get towards the the guesswork yeah. that I, I'm hoping for. Yeah. So let's, let me redefine it this way. The Mandos as we know them. The Mandos so, as we know them. N not taking into account that they would change or do any. So what we know of the warrior culture, let's just say they did not return to Satine's ways of peace. Mm -hmm. They went back to being warriors. 30 years after the Empire's end, do you think they'd still be around? After 30 years, do you think they would still be around uh, if they kept that? As okay. we know them? No. I don't think so. I think it would just have returned to being, you know, the Mandalorians of clan wars and destroying each other at mm -hmm. that point. Because there would be so many differing ideals that it either will lead to destroying itself as a culture as a whole or just disbandment yeah. altogether. Well, and there's not even that many Mandalorians anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, by the time all said and done, a lot of Mandalorians were killed off. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where a lot of the rebuilding comes from, is there ain't a lot of us left. Yeah, they would have become a history of a culture, yeah. like we've seen in real life sometimes, too. Right, well, I mean, we talk about great cultures. We talk about the Roman Empire. We talk about the... Um, we talk about the Aztec Empire. Yeah, they they reached the heights of greatness, and yet, where are they? Exactly. Um, it, and I think that's what would have mm -hmm. inevitably happened to the Mandalorian. I think they have to change. And I think that's what I'm hoping we find out in their story as it continues mm -hmm. in that 30-year gap that we see them change because they just can't stay the same. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think that, number one, for the in-universe sake of, like you said, I, I, I agree, I think they would kill themselves. Yeah. But then from the story standpoint, you can't just keep them the same over and over and over and expect it to remain interesting. Yeah. I think the Mandalorians fundamentally have to change. And... You may have some that want to stick to the old ways. Maybe they branch off into something else. But for the most part, you know, I, I don't think they can stay the same and, and have a long life. 
I, I mean, because it's the same thing with the Jedi, same thing with the Republic, same thing with the Sith. They can't just keep going the way they've been going. Yeah. It has to change eventually. Otherwise, it will die. Yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, so that said, if they would have to change to exist in the New Republic galaxy or into the future, does that... Does that mean that they lose what makes them so interesting? So if they're not the warrior race, are they interesting anymore? Yeah. I mean, I'm having a heck of a time with the Mandos and Clone Wars right now. Well, and, and that's, the <laughs> that's the beauty of our sides is because you know them as not being warriors and still being interesting, you know, that's an easy yes for you. Yeah. And I think for me, though, it's a bit more difficult. You know, having just said that I want them to change at the same time, a lot of the interest is because they're cool. Yeah. They're the warrior race. So if they... Is it cool? Is it better? I guess the question is, would I like to see them stay the same and die gloriously? <laughs> or change and maybe not be as cool? And continue on as a as a culture. Right. Um, I don't think I would know until I see that story. But I, I do still stick by my previous comment that I think it does need to change. Mm -hmm. Now, do I find them that... Would I would I find them as interesting if it changes? I don't know. Well... We'll, we'll have to find out. You like that kind of thing. What's you, that? You like war. Well, I mean... Well, that makes me sound like a terrible No, person. you like in media. You like tragedy and you like war. Well, yeah, I find it the most interesting and telling and... Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, uh, I could easily see being interested in it if it's told the right way or if it's the right kind of uh, story and focus. So, I mean, it could go either way. Yeah. You're going to love the next few seasons of Hannibal, by the way. <laughs> if we ever well, get there. Well, we're finishing season two right now, and then we go into season three. Right. So, with all the other uh, stuff. So, well, we don't have... Uh, we've been having quite a conversation, a lot of talking. Yeah. Um, so, we don't have as much time as I thought, so I'll kind of breeze through the Legends history because, you know, again, that's what we know of canon so far. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've had some interesting conversations about what could be and what might be and all that and, and now kind of shift towards what was, what, you know, and, and this will give more light to, well, why do people feel this way about the Mandalorians? Why do people want that from the Mandalorians? And it's mostly because of all the legend stories that we have. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot. Uh, so, the easiest way to tell the Mandalorian history is to tell the history of Mandalore, the leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, because basically, that's how the Mandalorian history went on, is by being led by these individuals. Um, first things first, most interesting thing is that when you go to the first history of the Mandalorians, and again, Banner, we're talking about all legends at this point. Yes. Just making sure people remember. The first Mandalorians were not human. Just like the first Sith were not human. Like the first um, Saiyans were not human. <laughs> they were monkeys. Space monkeys. Um, monkeys and dust guys. So, yeah, the first Mandalorians were actually a species called the Tongs, uh, and they were driven off of Coruscant and settled on a planet named Rune that would eventually become Mandalore uh, and created the Mandalorian Crusaders to spread their uh, culture and influence. So basically, Sounds forced familiar. out... <laughs> decided, hey, we can rebuild and rebrand ourselves. Let's be the Mandalorians. And so they were led by Mandalore the First, 
That then transitioned to the power of Mandalore the Crusader, who just spread their power further throughout the, the galaxy. Then you had Mandalore the Indomitable, who was defeated by a Sith, and because of that he, in order to save himself, pledged his allegiance to the Sith, mm -hmm. uh, and was later killed in combat. Then you have Mandalore the Ultimate, who was a follower of the Indomitable, who started shifting the Mandalorians to a much more pirate, evil kind of uh, way of life. Mm, yeah. Started doing a lot more uh, pillaging and raiding of defenseless and innocents. Um, so it really started to change the culture of the Mandalorians. Um, then we have an unnamed Mandalore, who was the last Tong Mandalore. Um, he was actually killed... Um, later, uh, wait, where are we going? That's Tong, um, like T-O-N-G, right? Uh, T-A-U-N-G. That's not how you spell Tong. <laughs> um, well, that's how they do it in Star Wars. Hmm. So, the unknown Mandalore, the last Tong Mando, uh, before dying, passed, uh, the title to a friend of a Jedi named Revan. Uh, hmm. Revan was the one who defeated Mandalore the Indomitable. Um, wasn't very indomitable, was right. it? Right. <laughs> he got dominated. Um, uh, so, Revan's friend, who was human, um, became Mandalore the Preserver and sort of rebuilt and rebranded uh, the Mandalorians to be the honorable warrior people that they once were. Then you had uh, Mandalore the Lesser, who was made Mandalore by Sith Sabotage. He was later killed by Mandalore the Vindicated, who brought Mandalore back to the ways of honor, but also kind of did a lot more dealing with Sith. Then you have Mandalore the Avenger, who was very close to the Sith during the uh, Jedi Tony Sith Wars. Stark. No, it was actually the first female Mandalore. Oh, sick. Named Shay Vizsla. Huh! Yeah. Um, and so during the Jedi Sith War, she assisted in, um, she assisted the Sith, basically. She and the Mandalorians assisted. She was an assistant. Now, what's interesting is, she was present uh, and instrumental to the raiding and sack of the Jedi Temple at that time, the slaughter of many Jedi. Hmm. You could almost imagine this taking place so that she, being a Vizsla, could redeem one of her ancestors' lightsabers, maybe? Hmm. Theories? Theories. Uh, so anyway, uh, then it passes on to Mandalore the Uniter, Mandalore the Destroyer, another unknown Mandalore... Then we I'm waiting it. for one specific one that I want to know if you were actually telling me the truth about that one. Then it gets interesting because we get a guy named Jaster Mareel. So we kind of get away from the whole, my name is Mandalore the blanky blank. Um, sounds like a white kid from Texas. Now we just have Jaster Mareel. Ten years... Oh, so, I, uh, just an interesting fact. The unknown Mandalore that I mentioned, the second one, uh, was actually a Mandalore who was killed by a bounty hunter named Dirge. Yeah, uh, big lumpy boy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and for his crimes, he was tortured continuously and then buried for 60 years. Sick. Yeah. So 10 years after that, that's when Justin Muriel is introduced as the Mandalore, and he uh, led the Mandalorians, Mandalorians to become uh, much more reputable mercenaries and bounty hunters. Uh, the Vizsla clan did not like this, and therefore a civil war kind of broke out of what are the Mandalorians going to be? Are we going to be warriors, or are we going to be mercenaries? Are we human, or are we dancer? Right. Um, when the war reached a planet named Concord Dawn, which is a, we have a very different idea of in canon. Yeah, we do. Uh, Vizsla killed a boy's family, uh, who Jaster then took in and raised as his own son, 
And that boy's name was Django Fett. Okay. Here we go. Jester was betrayed by one of his own and was killed, uh, and then Django took over as Mandalore. Okay, there we go. Because of him, Death Watch was nearly uh, eradicated. He did kill Vizsla, Tor Tor Vizsla, um, but only after Death Watch uh, tricked Jedi into killing most of Django's Mandalorian protectors. Um, The Jedi leading that attack was none other than Dooku. This is so interesting. That's how Dooku knew of Django in order to hire him. Dooku um, knew about him. Then we have Mandalore the Resurrector, who was a clone who defected to leave Mandalore and help the um, Separatists until Sidious betrayed them. Uh, then during the time of the Empire, a, nam- a, main, uh, bleh, a, a, a man named Finn Scheisse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that means something very different in German. <laughs> he became a Mandalore protector. He was a Mandalore protector uh, who turned Mandalore and resisted the Empire until he was killed. And his dying request was of a certain dented helmet bounty hunter to take his place. None other than Boba Fett. Yay! I was waiting for that one because you told me about that a long yeah. time ago. Finn passed the title to Boba, uh, who had helped the Mandalorians uh, here and there. Uh, as it suited him, but now he really took the responsibility serious, and he led the Mandalorian people through the Yuuzhan Vong War and the Second Galactic Civil War, which he did in his senior years, by the way. He even trained Han Solo's daughter, Jaina. Jaina Solo, he, he his training helped her kill her evil brother in, in Legend's story. That's crazy. Um, all we know after that, Mando, uh, Boba Fett was Mandalore for a very long time, uh, and but eventually it passed to uh, Chernin Ordo, who was a Mandalore uh, during the Sith Imperial War, which takes place several, several years later. Um, he was betrayed and killed during the war by Yaga Akis, uh, who killed Ordo so that he could pull the Mandalorians out of the war so that they wouldn't die uh, in the war for the Sith and could pursue their own sort of uh, heritage and culture and yeah. future. And then that's it. That's kind of the history of the Mandalorians up to that point and of all their leaders. Uh, and so, you know, you see a little bit of the similarities, you know, in the kind of have an animosity towards the Jedi, are responsible for a great amount of war during the time of the Old Republic. You know, uh, there, there are certainly some things that definitely retained and inspired what we know of Mandalorians now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's interesting to see how much further that will go. You know, uh, just the mention of the Great War of, you know, the Old Republic. You know, that brings in such characters like Darth Revan and Mal- uh, Darth Malak and, and so many other fan favorites from the Old Republic games. So it's this idea of, are we going to see that eventually? Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, that's kind of all we can say. Because um, we don't know. But... Yeah, so that's kind of the Mandalorians in a nutshell. And that's not even as much as we could talk about. Again, we don't have forever to do this, but uh, as much as we can fit in an hour, that's what you get for the Mandalorians. And that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are also canonites. They're also <laughs> mostly consumers of canon. Thank God you're not canonites. Right. Uh, it didn't turn out per- uh, very good for them. Yeah. But, uh... You know, they they primarily consume and are familiar with canon stories. So maybe by 
kind of comparing and discussing the legend stuff, maybe you learn something here or there. Uh, if there's anything in the legends history that you love or heard about and are interested in, let us know. Would you want to see it return? Do you want to see it come back? And where do you fall on the fence line? Should Django and Boba be Mandalorian again? Does it matter that much? Who knows? It does to me. They'll always be Mandalorian in my hearts. Uh, in your hearts? Are I you a two. Time Lord? I do. I am. You're yes. a Time Lord. Yes. Good to know. Um, so yeah, but uh, let us know what you think of the Mandalorian history, what you like more, Legends, Canon. Be civil. We're not trying to start anything. We're just trying to get your interest. We love to get some uh, feedback and talk back from you, so... Yeah, and no sassy back chat. We will discuss a little bit more, uh, especially as it pertains to Django and Boba Fett, uh, for next week's main show. But in the meantime, Megan, yar. Do you have some A's for Q's and Q's for A's? I does. Awesome. Let's get to it. All right, John. So we got some Q's. We do. You ready for some A's? Uh, yes. Give me the A's to the Q's. Yas. Um. So adjust. We asked you guys, who is your favorite Mandalorian? And you guys had some answers for us. Yes, this is, it's been, it was a popular week for questions, which I always yeah. like to see. Um, so got a lot of answers on both of our questions this week. So If you had to eat a Mandalorian, which one would be the oh most delicious? Um, the moon was made of cheese. Would you eat it? Yeah, we mentioned earlier, and, and it's true, we love asking you guys and getting your perspective and opinions on things. And so, uh, yeah, we always like when you... When you respond, when you share it. And yeah, so, talk to got us. Some. We're very worried about you. Come home. <laughs> it's your dad. <laughs> not this home. Don't come to this home. There's not enough room for you people. No, we live in a one bedroom. So, no. <laughs> maybe in a maybe in a few years. We'll see. Um, so, Metal Mando said Bo-Katan. Hey, good job for pronouncing that right. You're welcome. I, I, I know what the... Uh, Japanese kendo weapon is called, so... Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's, a, that's actually a good reference for how to do it. Okay. Thank you. Cool. Right. I'm a weeb. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I weeb about you. Uh, Ryan Bullock said Sabine Wren or Finn Rao. Mm-hmm. I was glad to see... Uh, you know, I mentioned it to him, but I was just... Uh, you know, just in general, I was glad to see Finn Rao get mentioned. I think he's mm -hmm. awesome from uh, like Star Wars Rebels, so he's pretty cool. Yeah. Of course, Sabine. Of I knew she would get some mention. I love Sabine, and I've only seen, like, a couple episodes of Rebels. Mm -hmm. I just love oh, her Oh, just style. wait. Just wait. Oh, well. Um, Rebecca and Kristen Joseph Cousin both said Sabine. Yeah, I called that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ethan said that that one Super Commando from Maul's Mando Squad. Yeah, he was. It was kind of a joke answer, uh, but we got into a conversation of how cool uh, the repainted Mandalorian armor was, mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of took a moment to appreciate the fact that Maul took office and was like, "Yeah, I need you to repaint your armor." Yeah. What What, what were you What were you thinking? Maybe some horns. Look at me. <laughs> some Some black and and some red and uh, more black and more red. Maybe some uh, you know don't, don't some you? random. Don't we have some uh, Jedi to kill? No, I j j j just, just trust me. Trust Give me. a minute. Trust me. Do you Stick. know? Do you look at me? Look, look how much more efficient I am at killing Jedi because guess what? I'm red and black and horny. He's just. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like shh. It costs zero dollars to pay attention. Right. <laughs> so it was a bit of a joke, but it obviously it started some fun conversation. Yeah. So there you go. Freaking love Darth Maul. I don't know if I've said that before, but I do. Uh, Splurg. Said 
Cobb Vanth, uh, John has said, is Mando by reputation. Yeah, I mentioned that in the episode, just yeah. because he's not Mandalorian, but he wears Mandalorian armor, and he uses it as kind of a statement to be sheriff in town Yar. on uh, Tatooine, and you can read more about Cobb Vanth uh, in the Aftermath trilogy, and you should, because it's a great freaking story. It's almost better than the Aftermath story, and I know most people wow. don't agree with me on that. I just think what I think. And Cobb Vanth is cool. <laughs> so, yeah, check out that story. <laughs> You're a fully realized human being. John. Right, if you, if you get, uh, if you get uh, Audible, you can always listen to him. I so there you go. probably will. I don't have time to read a book. Uh, where is it? Uh, Vorpal Renzler Fett said, Django Fett, followed closely by Previsla. I'm with you, man. He's, he, Django is Mandalorian in my heart, and he always will be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, unless George Lucas, like, in my face tells me I'm wrong. But, yeah, until that happens. <laughs> Just all of a sudden materializes into our living room. You're stupid. <laughs> I mean, uh, in my heart of hearts, he's he's uh, a ma- an unappreciated Mando and is just shunned because he's just so awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. But Pre Vizsla is really great. And, you know, it's funny that he's just portrayed by John Favreau. <laughs> uh, I, I do wish we would have gotten more of him, but, um, you know, there's yep. always room for more stories, maybe. Less problematic Papa John if I ever done new one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, Howard Murray said Ursa Wren, Sabine's mother. I thought that was really interesting. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, I thought she was awesome, because you almost expect, um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, if she's coming into the picture, we meet a little bit of Sabine's family. Um you kind of expect she's going to come home and, you know, daddy's the warrior that taught her all of her cool stuff. No. It's your man. No. Mom was awesome. (laughs) Dad taught her how to draw. Moms are important, guys. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was was a really cool and and different answer. So. My God. Yep. What's your answer? Uh, I'm quite partial to Django and Boba Fett, who are possibly not really Mandalorian, but still. Mm Mm-hmm. I love them as they are. They're Mandalorian in my heart. Yes. Well, and so, since you said that, and I've obviously made my feelings known, I will say Satine. Huh. Since she's actually, we know, Mandalorian. And she's just awesome. Uh, I was actually surprised not to see more Satine mentioned, but, you know. Uh, so, I'll, I'll bring up her. She is awesome, and uh, is a great character, and uh, is part of some of my favorite episodes of The Clone Wars, and so... She's not Mandalorian in the warrior sense, but she's she's she is Mandalorian, and mm-hmm. I think she is just a great character. Yeah, she's real cool. I mean, and I've mentioned, yeah, I mean, every one of the characters mentioned here, I could also agree with. So I I love Mandalorians in general, so it's hard for me to pick a single favorite. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you, Papa John, for bringing back Mandos. Right. Yeah. Not you. Bringing them into the limelight. Papa John Favreau. Um. We also asked you guys. If you could join any Star Wars factions, what would you pick? And let me scratch my nose real quick. Ow. Uh, Ian said the Jedi Order, but at the start of the rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. So not that Jedi Order, the new one. Yeah, that that's probably the best one. Yeah, set things straight. Uh, Ryan Bullock said the Resistance because it is heroic and a noble cause, and you get to work under freaking Leia. Yeah. Seriously, guys coolest job ever yeah. except you know you might die but maybe it's a little bit but cool <laughs> his butt a flesh wound um 
Rick Villanueva said, The Jedi hunting bounty hunters from Legends, the Crimson Nova. Really deep cut answer there, yeah. buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was not expecting that one, but I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, Metal Mando said, The Mandalorian Protectors. Rad. I love it. That's very metal. <laughs> that was... That was a lot of the Mandalorian stories that I read from the comics and such with uh, Finn Scheisen and eventually the passing to Boba Fett and all that. So yeah, uh, I am with that business. The Mandalorian protectors, both canon and legends, are awesome. Yeah. Um, La Reina Jedi said the Jedi Order. I wondered when I read her their name right. what they would have uh, picked. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Jedi Order. Yeah. They didn't specify which whether it was pre or post uh, rebuilding. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, they would be a, a good Jedi in the Order one way or another. They wouldn't be one of the, the pompous ones. Yeah. At least I hope. I hope I'm getting most of these names correctly. If I'm All not, All wrong. correct me. I'm just kidding. I only know Villanueva because we have friends with the last name Villanueva. Yeah. We have friends with a lot of last names. Yeah. Uh, ha Howard Murray said he'd join Ahsoka and the Grey Jedi faction. I'm not allowed to know about that yet. Well, no, uh, well, he's, uh, he's saying if it was a thing. It's not a thing. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. If, he was saying if it is a thing, but um, I, I do think that Ahsoka would have been a great Jedi leader, uh, and who knows where Ahsoka uh, could have gone. Yeah. But, um... Well, you know, because you've seen the last bit of Rebels. No, I don't. Um, but... <laughs> that was so offended. <laughs> no, I doesn't. No, I don't. Uh, I will say, though, I don't believe in the uh, concept of Grey Jedi. Um, you are. I understand what he's going for, though, when he says it. Um, kind of the same thing I think Ian's going for in the less dogmatic style of Jedi. A little bit more Ahsoka, a little bit more Qui-Gon-ish, I guess. Yeah. Um, Braddy Pickle Simon, which is the best gem I've ever read, <laughs> uh, said, and Daniel Cross both said The Empire. Yep. I figured we'd get a couple of those. Yar. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, Tyler Reyes said The Mandalorians. Oh, appropriate. Hey, we uh, talked we got... about them. We just did a whole yeah. episode about them. There you go, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, Aeon Strange said The Republic. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Um, I love The Republic. Obviously, Clone Troopers, pretty rad. So I was actually a little surprised. I, I, I expected a lot more Mandalorian, First Order, and Empire. But it's nice to see a little Republic mixed in. And Michael Johnson said that he would join his his wifey, Phasma, in the first order. <laughs> yep. He would follow Why? her anywhere. Because Phasma. Because Phasma. Uh, I was yeah. kind of expecting that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and we I, know Michael. I was actually surprised that was the only first order. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, no offense to the guys that picked the Empire, but I say, I say if you're going to be a part of that kind of group, pick the first order. They got their, <laughs> they got their stuff together a little bit more. They're actually, they have money. They're scary. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I mean, not to say that the Empire didn't do bad things, but, I mean, yeah. the the First Order is basically the Empire fully realized. It's like someone took a look at the uh, the Empire and was like, hmm, not Third Reiki enough. Right, <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh um, my god! Yeah! Your answers. Well, uh, not your answers. You only get one. Just one. Well, just we've kidding. had we've had conversations before. Like, I would... I would at least try to be a senator in the Republic if just to, you know, try and speak out for the Outer Rim planets mm-hmm. who are still affected by, you know, slavery and such. 
Yep. So vote for me, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would be uh, your bounty hunter uh, partner and, and lover. And anyone that doesn't do what you say, uh, I would just make disappear. Honey, <laughs> Palpatine's being a butt. <laughs> and rocket to the face. Uh, yeah, I would be a bounty hunter easily. Yeah. Now, I, I'd love to be a Mandalorian, but at the same time, like, Jango Fett style Mandalorian yeah. where I get to kind of be on my own, do my own thing. Yeah, they got a lot going on. But, yeah, I can't be a part of all the... I don't <laughs> want all the big wars. I just want money and a little clone child and just happiness. Yes. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I lost my head to some purple lightsaber Jedi. Only met the dude once and he gave me the stank eye. Wow. You know. <laughs> hopes and dreams shattered. Sorry. Are you okay? I got bitter. <laughs> okay, John. Um, anyway, yeah. I'm going to need you to look at that pin up there and read what it says. It says bacon in space. Well, if that, I mean, that could take the air out of the tires of our entire show. True. We're delu- we have to pretend to be delusional that this thing is actually real. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. You no. just described what it's like to be a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> it's real to me, dang it. Yeah. No. But anyway, uh, Ryan Bullock asked us. What planets would you like to see in Battlefront 2? So, as uh, someone on the fringe of Battlefront, uh, I'd be interested to see, like, you having no uh, playing affiliation or experience, like, you just saying what planets you think would be cool, mm-hmm. what would your answers be? I, I was just, let's say one or two, one or two planets you could just... You know what be cool? Is if you could play as one of Hondo's uh, thugs mm. on the planet that he's from, and I can't remember the name right now. Well, they operate on Florum. Yeah. I don't know that. I can't remember if that's the uh, homeworld of them, but yeah, I that, think so. That would be cool if Hondo was introduced. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Be an interesting game type. That, I mean, yeah, it could be a, a different kind of operation style. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could be trying to resist pirates. Uh, you could be uh, the Empire trying to resist being raided by uh, Hondo's pirates kind of thing. Yeah, or you could be a uh, a Jedi running away from clones. Well, I, I mean, that'd be Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, well, yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> they already um, did that. Never mind. I would love to be able to play on Mustafar, actually. I would love uh, if that planet gets introduced. That would be so cool. To, you know, rebels trying to raid maybe Darth Vader's castle kind of thing. You don't get to maybe play in Vader's castle because it's Vader's castle and yeah. you're unworthy to enter. But to be the Empire kind of, de- you're like, you're responsible de- for defending Darth Vader's house. <laughs> That'd be cool. Vader's just standing on the front porch with a cup of coffee like, get him! Right. And, get him on but, uh, I mean, I just imagine the amazing scenery that you could have. And then the natural hazards of, you could be running away from rebels and all of a sudden fall into a lava pit and it's just like yeah. you know um yeah also if you're not from the south what i said there was gimon out <laughs> which is you know southern for excuse me could you leave <laughs> i don't know if it's that polite but okay Gimon-out. um other than i you know mustafar is kind of an unrealistic example a more realistic example i'd like to see course on lower levels kind of thing yeah um i mean we've been teased with the lower levels yeah because i mean it could be you know, you do set it 
clones versus uh, droids, then it's you, you almost feel like you're in the Battle of Coruscant, or it could be Rebels versus Empire, and you almost feel like you're in, you know, liberation mode of the planet. So it could work in both, uh, both eras, which is, I think, the kind of planets I'd like to see more of, is I'd love to see Imperials uh, on Kashyyyk. Mm. You know, when we play Kashyyyk, it's all clones versus droids, fun. but I'd love to see more <laughs> planets be usable in any There's an Easter uh, egg. era. There's an Easter egg where you can go into someone's house, knock over their toys, destroy a oh, little boy's room. <laughs> poor, poor Lumpy. Poor Lumpy. Uh, so yeah, so uh, unrealistic answer, Mustafar. Realistic answer, Coruscant. Yeah. And probably more if I really thought about it. Probably. Uh, Aeon Strange asked us, What do you think of implementing the Yuuzhan Vong into the current Star Wars canon? John, you're going to have to go with this one, because <laughs> I know nothing uh, I don't want it. Um, I don't want it. Uh, I get the feeling you're asking because you're a fan, and so um, I I know that uh, several people are, and I've touched on before, I was never a big fan of the Yuuzhan Vong. Uh, just felt very not Star Wars to me, mm -hmm. and just too out there and different. And but that's you. Now, some people liked it because of those same reasons. Um, so... Now, I was intrigued, Dave Filoni was going to kind of touch on the Yuuzhan Vong a little bit during the later seasons of the Clone Wars. You know, they had it planned out to season, I think, eight or nine. So he had seasons worth of ideas of where this could have gone, and I think we wouldn't have gotten full Yuuzhan Vong, but I think like a Yuuzhan Vong scout ship would have come up and mm -hmm. would have hinted that they are out there and do exist. Um, so, in other words, game on out. <laughs> now, if the Yuuzhan Vong are fundamentally reworked a bit, uh, I think it could work for me that I would enjoy that. But um, I think if they're introduced as they were in Legends, I don't know that I would care for it. But mm -hmm. that's not to say that what I care about is necessarily what's going to happen. It could still happen either way. So I guess if you're asking what I think, uh, well, yes, that is the question. I, I wouldn't ask for it, but if we got it, I would prefer it be uh, very different than the their Legends counterparts. Uh, now, if you're asking if it could happen, anything could happen. Uh, it's you know. faking in space. <laughs> well, I just mean, like, you know, they could eventually all get to any story. Yeah. So they could eventually tell that story. Um, There's I a get, whole universe out there, y'all. I guess out of intrigue, what they could do with it, I would like eventually to get there. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see a lot of Legends stories reimagined. Well, and I think that's the opportunity that canon has, because now it can all fit together. Yeah. It doesn't have to feel like it's just some crazy part of the story. It can feel yeah. like it's, it fits. So... You know, passing through the filter of the Lucasfilm story group, I think that most things could be made possible uh, in a way that appeals to most people, including me, who wasn't a big fan of it. So, yeah. so hopefully that answers your question. Thank you for the question. We had two great questions this week. Yes, we did. Keep them coming, bro. Yeah, so um, if you want to uh, have your question on the show, or if you want your answer on the show, we yeah. ask questions uh, throughout the week. Just uh, look out for those posts on Twitter and Facebook, and... Yeah. 
answer, and then, um, so far we haven't had so many that we've had to not read some, but eventually that might be a reality. Mm -hmm. But as many as we're able, we will read. Uh, as you saw, we read quite a few today. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look out for those, and, and if you'd like your question answered on the show, look out for the post asking for that, or just feel free to message us on uh, Facebook or Twitter and shoot us that question. Yeah. Don't have to wait for uh, the post for it, but... Yeah, and I have a question for y'all. Uh-oh. Which is going to be posted on Twitter as well. Uh, back in the day, there were a lot of Star Wars branded things that were not necessarily Star Wars likened. What was your favorite Star Wars branded either snack or like home product or toy or anything? Because you remember the Jar Jar sickle? Yeah. That, or it's like, like his it was, tongue or yeah, something. Yeah, that was yeah. disgusting. But I loved that. <laughs> That was very So funny. are you looking for, like, sentimental answers, nostalgic answers, or odd answers? Anything. I, I love the gracious, odd that's ones. Broad. Uh, let's, let's rephrase it to, what was your favorite Star Wars merch back in the day? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and so probably yeah. by the time you're hearing that question, it's already going to be on Twitter. But if not, you can go ahead and yeah. uh, shoot us your answers for that. Answers with pictures would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be nice, if it, especially if yeah. it's really weird. Ooh, uh, even send me your favorite Star Wars commercial. You had a stroke of genius there. Thank you. Um, but, so all that goodness will end up on Twitter. Feel free to uh, uh, get with us on it. Uh, but in order to do so, you have to find and like us and follow us on Twitter or Facebook. So if you aren't already doing that, do that. Yeah. Uh, so that you can answer all those weird questions and ask us your own questions and all yeah. kinds of other crazy things that we do on social media. Yeah. You remember when they did Star Wars Gushers? No, actually. I remember. I remember when they did uh, cereal lightsabers. Like, oh. the lightsabers were spoons. Oh! Yeah, light-up spoons. Those were excellent. I used to have... Almost all of them. I had Darth Vader, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, Darth Maul, and Count Dooku. We had one, and then Justin put it in the microwave with his ramen noodles. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it melted. Dad threw uh, it away. So, yeah, so, um, hit us up on social media. Uh, we're pretty active, especially on Twitter, so, uh, we'd love to hear from you, um, for various reasons. Uh... Also, so you know, Patreon, uh, we're going to be making some changes to our Patreon. Um, we're going to be editing the tiers and benefits and rearranging how we um, do some things there. Uh, there's going to continue to be some public posts, but then there will also be um, different benefits get based on uh, different giving tiers. Uh, that said, if you like the show... Uh, and would like to support the show uh, in creating uh, future sh episodes as well as uh, branching out into new things, uh, we would appreciate if you would consider checking out our Patreon page and seeing what a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, three dollars, or whatever you decide to give uh, would not only do for us, but also do for you. We'd love to appreciate you for your gift, but uh, at the end of the day, it's only because of uh, that kind of support that we're going to be able to ensure the longevity and quality of Nerd Herder here. And so we are very thankful to Rebecca on Patreon, who is already helping uh, make all of that ha happen. Uh, and so head over to Patreon and see how you can join Rebecca in being awesome and supporting the show. Um, along with uh, changes that are coming to Patreon, we are working on our YouTube channel. We do have a channel. Nothing's there yet. It will be soon. Part of what's going to be happening soon 
is that at the end of the month, uh, our previous month's 10 things we love about show, which is normally a Patreon exclusive, uh, is going to go on YouTube. So if you want to watch a hour and a half of us talking about uh, things we love about Attack of the Clones, um, that will be on YouTube soon. And if you like that, then on Patreon, uh, we're going to be doing an episode about 10 things we love about Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Uh, which is probably going to be the best one yet. We've done uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. Now we're going to a big one, Revenge of the Sith. And then, it, I mean, so each month we do a new episode uh, based on a Star Wars episode. So uh, stay tuned into our YouTube for that. And like I said, if you like it, uh, for just a dollar a month and up, um, you will get access to the Revenge of the Sith episode. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, next week we'll be back on our main show with Boba Fett. As I've mentioned, we're going to be talking about Boba Fett and, You're of born. course, Jango Fett and a little bit more about how they all play into the Mandalorian picture a little bit. Um, and that's because this Friday we're talking about the Boba Fett arc of episodes uh, in the Clone Wars. So stay tuned for that. If you like Boba, if you don't like Boba, we're going to talk about it all. It's going to be fun. If you don't like Boba, we're going to talk about it anyway, so maybe you should chill it out for a minute. <laughs> Who doesn't love Boba? Well, Rebecca. I'm just kidding, Rebecca. We love you. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it'll be a fun few episodes. So we've got a, another great episode uh, this Friday, and then some more great episodes next week. Lots of cool things happening. Uh, and, and that's why we would love if you'd join us in ensuring the creation of those um, with your support you can give through patreon you can give through the anchor app which is where uh, we post our podcast of course it ends up on all kinds of other platforms but there's ways that you can support us you can head over to our twitter where we talk about all all that and more extent but hopefully you enjoyed this episode hopefully you learned something hopefully it was fun for you um it was fun for us yeah i've had fun i've learned a lot there you go uh and so that's what we seek to do learning is learn fun and have fun so, uh, but have a great rest of your Wednesday, um, have a great rest of your week until we're back at you with our Clone Wars rewatch. Remember to stay scruffy, guys, and may the force be with you. Be kind to yourself, go eat a donut. <laughs>